Hello, hello, Discasters. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, so today's episode is particularly special because it's a new one for me. Uh, another new one for me. Uh, today we're going to talk about the return to Oz. So I had kind of gone into this movie really not knowing anything about it, really. Um, all I really knew was kind of what... Um, just really all that was told to me by other people. Other people had told me that it was weird, uh, that it was creepy, uh, and everything. And upon watching it, honestly, I don't think it's as bad as people thought it was. I mean, did I think it was strange and odd? Absolutely. But that's just kind of Oz itself, isn't it? Right? I mean, like, Oz is a weird place anyway um so to start off we're gonna go ahead and uh tackle some disney headlines here um i don't really have much kind of new really to discuss um cars land is celebrating uh, its 10th anniversary if you haven't been to cars land you're honestly you're missing out it is a wonderful wonderful addition to the park I fucking love it. It's so great. It's so fun to go there and walk around Radiator Springs uh, and everything. Um, the big ride, the big ride that's there, uh, Radiator Springs Racers, is a wonderful ride. It is a brilliantly crafted ride. The Imagineers really, really did a hell of a job with it, and it's it's great. It's just great. Uh, Atlantis: The Last Empire also celebrates. Uh, an anniversary today or not today but this week um on june 15th in 2001 uh it arrived in theaters and in my opinion uh atlantis the last empire is a highly 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 underrated film and deserves much more recognition than i think people have given it it is a fantastic movie it is beautiful it is brilliantly written the characters are great. Everything about it is awesome, and I love that movie. I can't wait to talk about it when we get finally gets to it. Uh, other than that, I mean, not much. Uh, they're doing a retheme for Space Mountain, uh, or at least a rumored retheme for Lightyear, which comes out this week. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to take a look at it. Um, it's just going to be fun. I like the idea of it. Like the, the the idea is that this movie is the movie that Andy saw that made him want to buy the Buzz Lightyear action figure in the first place, right? Because like, or not him buy it, but like it, him want it in the first place, right? Like, and it's funny because in my opinion, this pseudo, it's not really much, it's not really a retcon, but this kind of addition to this, to the Toy Story lore, air, air quotes or whatever, uh, is good because it doesn't, change anything if that makes sense like it doesn't it doesn't change anything that we already know about about toy story because all all the toy story just revolves around the toys themselves right and i mean like movies and tv shows have been creating content to sell toys since the 80s that's why the transformers show started that's where the gi joe show started like like the, the purpose of those shows of those cartoons was to sell toys right and so for 
for the idea of Andy to go and see a movie and then want the action figure of the character that the movie is about is completely plausible to me. It makes complete sense. So to me, this doesn't change anything about the Toy Story uh, lore or world or whatever it is you want to call it. I Like, this is... It's it's a suit. I wouldn't even really call it a retconning because they're not changing any history. Because like for all we know, there could have been a Buzz a Buzz Lightyear movie, but it was just never mentioned. But it would also, uh, I guess, make sense when in Toy Story two they go to they go to Al's toy barn and there they see the rows and rows of Buzz Lightyear action figures, right? Like it would make sense. Like just the whole thing makes complete sense. It really does. Uh, now I know I've talked about it before. Uh, but Lightyear is going to feature um, is going to feature a same sex kiss uh, between uh, two uh, two lesbian characters. Uh, one of the characters named Alicia, who is voiced by Uzo Aduba, is going to be seen kissing her wife. So th- there was big there was big like big I don't know discussion quote unquote uh, of the fact that originally it was removed. But then, of course, uh, everything that happened with Florida and everything that happened with the don't say gay bill and everything, they put it back in because Disney received a lot of clapback about it. Be like, you can talk you can talk a big game about wanting to be all for gay rights and, you know, representation. But then you go and remove a gay kiss from the movie like that's them just kind of talking out of their own ass. Right. That's them saying and never doing so. I like that they put it back in. It's great that they put it back in. I'm excited to see how it goes. And it's nice because Chris Evans, who is abs- who we know is a consummate ally, um, he, he's gone on record of like chastising people who are super shitty about the kiss. Like, quote, the real truth is those people are idiots. There's always going to be people who are afraid and unaware and trying to hold on to what was before, but those people die off like dinosaurs. Like, it's true. It's true. Uh, he goes on to say, like, it's tough not to be a little frustrated that even ha- that it even has to be a topic of discussion. The goal is that we can get to a point where it is the norm. And yeah, it's great. Like, he, he's 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 truly an ally, and <laughs> he's an ally, and we appreciate that. We appreciate him coming forward. And yes, he is a cishet white man, but the fact is, is that cishet white men carry a certain level of privilege with themselves. And if he's and if this is him using his privilege to help fight for us and help fight with us, then I'm then you know what I say I'm for it because at the about at the end of the day, so many of our rights and everything, even though we've been fighting for it and continue to fight for them, you know our rights as queer people, and yes, because these rights started with queer people of color and trans people and gender nonconforming people and and in general just the weirdos, cishet white men in power are kind of the ones that really help to kind of tip the scales for us in a way, because the fact is that they're the ones that ultimately, you know, signed the papers that gave us the rights that we have. You know what I mean? So it's like, we can't necessarily fault cishet white folk uh, in that sense, because without them, we also wouldn't have had the opportunities that we have had that we've had. Right. That that that's kind of the thing that I think that people tend to forget is that because the people in pa- ultimately we can scream and shout 
and fight and march and riot as much as we want, as much as we can as queer people. But all that really does is bring awareness to situations, right? Ultimately, it's the people in power that sign the checks, that sign the papers, that sign the declarations or whatever. And in, in, in many cases, those are cishet white people. So it's, it's just nice to see another, another cishet white guy come forward and be like, I'm here to exercise my privilege to assist and help and be there for and be there as an ally. Now, whether or not Tim Allen uh, would say the same, I mean, I don't know. Um, but it's nice to kind of see that Chris is taking this and be like, and, uh, you know, recognize the fact that Tim Allen still holds a big part of that, you know? And I think, and I think these are two different things. There's, these are two different people. They're two different characters. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I like them both. It's all good. But now we're going to get on to the main topic, which is Return to Oz, which was honestly, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Like, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to. And I was pleasantly surprised by it. So for those of you who don't know, Return to Oz is meant to be a is meant to be a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Um, It is based on. Uh, The Marvelous Land of Oz and Ozma of Oz, which are books two and three by L. Frank Baum. Uh, and it takes place, it really just takes place like six months after Dorothy gets back from Oz initially. Now, apparently, uh, so when they were doing production of this film, uh, the rights to the actual book series, The Wizard of Oz, like the the idea that Oz itself was more or less public domain. Um, and so Disney kind of saw an opportunity to kind of snatch it and use what they use what they could. Now, it was smart of them not to redo The Wizard of Oz. I do think that was a smart idea because, of course, The Wizard of Oz is such an iconic film. To come in and, and do a remake, I think would have just, it would not have been good. So instead, they just did a sequel. Um, and this one, they very much made their own. They made the whole thing. It, for me, it gives a lot of like the Wiz vibes, more so than the Wizard of Oz vibes. Uh, it's certainly darker. Uh, not, not, not necessarily in its like, uh in its writing i suppose but more certainly more so in its aesthetic and in the atmosphere and everything um and there are certain aspects of the film that they definitely brought over from the original that to me makes them effectively sequels like it it make the return to oz effectively to me makes this a sequel to mgm's the wizard of oz and that's for two reasons number one they kept the ruby slippers uh from the mgm film uh, which are actually copywritten, they're trademarked to the MGM, to MGM. And if any of you know the original story of The Wizard of Oz, you'll know that Dorothy actually doesn't wear ruby slippers, they're actually silver slippers. So the whole thing about the ruby slippers uh, was actually created by MGM. I can't remember why, I think it was just, uh, uh, it may have been like a copyright thing, or maybe it was just because they wanted to make them flashier, I honestly don't know. Um 
But the fact is, is that the ruby slippers themselves are trademarked to MGM. And so Disney had to purchase or they had to pay, of course, royalties to MGM in order to use the ruby slippers. Now, the other thing is uh, there's the the thing that the Wizard of Oz did was that they had like characters that were in the real world in Kansas uh, exist in Oz as well. Right. You had um, the farmhands be Scarecrow, Tin Man and Cowardly Lion. In Return to Oz, we have that we have this similar concept. Uh, so, in this movie, basically, six months have passed since Dorothy returns to Oz, and she was never the same. She's never the same. She's not sleeping. She keeps talking about Oz as if it's a real place. And so, Aunt Auntie M and uh, and uh, the uncle, whose name currently just escapes me, it's gone. Uh, they're very concerned. They are worried uh, because she just keeps talking about this place and she won't stop talking about it. And so eventually they take her to a doctor who specializes in what I can only call electroshock therapy. But like this is the turn of the century. This is going from 1899 into 1900. Right. And if any of you know any sort of history of what the medical field was like in that time, you'll know that this was not good. Effectively, they were taking her to an insane asylum so that she could be rehabilitated is what it is. And it's upsetting. And it's like, it definitely gave me like Alice vibes. Like if any of you know the video game, Alice, uh, then you're aware of kind of how that game starts and like where where that game goes right because she she also starts in in an insane asylum and then eventually you know falls back into wonderland and this is a similar idea of course this movie came first right so dorothy is taken to this place she's promised she'll be safe uh but she's left there by herself and she sees she sees she meets like a a, a girl there Uncle Henry, that's his name. Uh, she meets a girl there who just seems to be just there. Don't know who she is. She just came out of nowhere. She's there to kind of help Dorothy. Um, but eventually, she take she's taken to the lab. She's taken to this lab uh, where she's strapped down, and she has like the thing attached to her head. Uh, and they're about to turn on the machine. Like, they're about to literally electrocute this child. Until suddenly, the hospital is struck by lightning. The power goes out. The little girl comes back, releases Dorothy. The two of them rush out. They run away. And they escape, but then they fall into a river. And then, unfortunately, uh, it seems that through this uh, occurrence, Dorothy is transported back to Oz. So she wakes up and she's kind of sitting in like this crate uh, that she's somehow found in the river. And so she wakes up in the crate and she also wakes up right next to a chicken. This chicken is named Belina. Uh, This chicken is a chicken that she had uh, back on the farm and is apparently like a close friend of hers. And so she's sitting there and suddenly Belina starts talking. And then like they mention it's just uh, and then like Dorothy is just like mentions to the to Belina is just like. You know, if we were in Oz, you talking wouldn't be so strange. And then it like clicks. It's like, oh, but wait, this must be Oz. Uh, so that's great. So she 
she leaves the crate and ends up wandering with Belina and finds herself in Munchkinland. She walks up to the house, the house itself that flew into Munchkinland from Kansas. And she goes, sees, she sees the house. She's like, this is the house. That's, there was, there's my bedroom. There's my kitchen and everything. This is where we landed on the Wicked Witch of the East. And she turns around. And she's like, but where are all the munchkins? Which is a very good question. And so then she goes and finds what is left of the Yellow Brick Road. Now, the Yellow Brick Road had apparently uh, been, like, torn up. And so this is, like, the first hint that we see that something's wrong. Something is not right in Oz. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. What's the line? Uh, something bad is happening in Oz. It's just like that from uh, freaking from uh, Wicked. Something bad is happening in Oz. It's great. Anyway, it's it's very that moment. But she so she runs down the yellow brick road. She's like, oh god, like they're like something's happened. This leads straight to the Emerald City. Something must have happened. I gotta go see Scarecrow, because for those of you who don't know, if you're if you're unaware of the story, uh, after Dorothy leaves Oz uh, from the from the first novel, from the first movie, whatever, in the first story, the person left in charge is the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow becomes the king of Oz, effectively. So. She knows that the Scarecrow is there, so she runs to the Emerald City. Now, while this is happening, we see these weird faces appear on these rocks that, are, that seem to be spying on her. And we find out that these are spies for someone, for some being. And it's later we find out this being is known as the Gnome King. Uh, the Gnome King is, uh, is a character that was introduced in the third book. Uh, he's kind of a, a villain. He's like a wizard. He, he, I think he's like a wizard who... Uh, works with stones and that kind of thing. So, uh, she runs to the Emerald City. She finds the entire city effectively almost entirely destroyed. She walks in. She sees people turn to stone. And then she encounters these creatures known as the wheelies. Now, the wheelies are like, or sorry, the wheelers are just, you know, people with wheels in hand, instead of hands and feet um they're just another creature of oz basically and while she's running around she runs into uh she runs into a room and she finds this mechanical man and uh, who's uh kind of uh powered by winding gears cranks and stuff so she winds him up and finds out that his name is tiktok and he is uh, deemed to be like the army of Oz. He's like the one man army of Oz, basically. Uh, this character is, I believe, from the third book. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's adorable. He's just a very round little mechanical man and he's adorable. Uh, anyway, and so apparently he was put into hiding and asked to wait until Dorothy showed up because the scarecrow, the scarecrow himself put him there. So the scarecrow is vanished. He is not in the, he is not in the Emerald City. Uh, and so the two of them escape and they capture one of the wheelers and the, one of the wheelers tells her that tells her that like uh, Mombi is the one who knows where the scarecrow is. So they go to Mombi, uh, who is this evil witch uh, with interchangeable heads, very literally. And they find out that uh, Mombi is actually working for the Gnome King. So she tries to capture Dorothy to kind of take her to the Gnome King. 
uh, or no, Mombi wants to keep Dorothy because she wants Dorothy to grow up older so she could eventually remove her head. Yeah, I told you this shit's dark. Um, but then if you really think about it, the original Wizard of Oz movie was also very dark. Like if you really think about it, it was dark, but with like super light overtones just because it was a musical and it was done in like late 1930s musical era kind of thing. So realistically, it kind of still carries over like that whole dark undertone. But anyway, I digress. So Mombi takes uh, Belina and uh, and Dorothy and throws her into this tower and locks her in a tower where she meets uh, Jack Pumpkinhead, um, who is effectively just a giant stick man with a pumpkin for a head. It's very literal. Um, and we find out that Jack was this being who was built by his mom who we don't know who his mom is but some random some some person some character in oz who built him as a way to scare away mombi from coming and apparently mombi was indeed was indeed scared but uh uh threw him into like poured some powder of life onto him revive made him real or something and then like stashed him in the attic to kind of keep him away or whatever and uh, so, yeah, so they hear, so they concoct a plan in which they are going to create this, like a, like a makeshift flying machine. Dorothy sneaks back into the, into Mombi's bedroom to find the, the powder of life. She does it. She sneaks in, she grabs it. She wakes up Mombi, who's like freaking out, walking, running around without a head and then runs it back upstairs uh TikTok and Belina and Jack all build like this makeshift flying machine with like two couches that they just tied together and stuck a head of a moose on or a gump apparently is what it's called it's not it it's like a it looks like a moose but it's green like a green moose so they strap it all together they pour the powder of life on it they say the magic words the thing comes to life and then they fly out the window and then they fly directly towards the gnome king's mountain which exists on the other side of the deadly desert. Now it's called the deadly de- des- it's called the deadly desert because if you set foot in it you become sand. And we know this because while Dorothy and Jack and Belina and TikTok and the Gump are flying away, Mombi sends the wheelers after her. So as they're going through, they arrive at the very edge uh of I guess like the Emerald City's or uh, the forest area or whatever and then it ends up that becomes the desert and a couple of the wheelers actually fall into the desert and we watch as they lay there and they turn to sand we watch them die it's quite upsetting and so they fly over they arrive at the at the uh at the gnome king's uh mountain and well more accurately they crash there because of course the ties are not fully secure and then the whole thing comes apart and they land and they crash on the gnome king's mountain so the gnome king finds them and invites them inside and then we find of course that the gnome king actually did have the scarecrow so dorothy finds the scarecrow but then a flash of light and then the scarecrow had vanished it isn't until later that we find out that uh the gnome king uh is in fact uh like he he's he's definitely a magic user and he lives within the mountain he lives within the stone within the rocks uh he's 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 almost he's kind of like an earth elemental it's very interesting um but basically 
what ha- what he did was he launched an attack on the Emerald City and he uh, went in because he stole or he went to go and take back the Emeralds in the Emerald City because he believes that the Emeralds belong to him because they were crafted for him by the gnomes. Uh, and so he believes that it is his right to have these emeralds returned to him. But instead of, you know, going in and asking for them back, he just went in and laid siege to the Emerald City. Now, he was able to do this because he had the ruby slippers. Because when Dorothy went back to Kansas, during her trip, the ruby slippers fell off her feet. And he was able to to collect the ruby slippers. And with them, using their magic, he was able to... Uh, he was able to go and successfully conquer the Emerald City. And this is interesting because on the one hand, I feel for him. I can fully understand how he would be very frustrated to know that his his property was stolen from him and used to build the Emerald City uh, and everything like that. So I can understand his frustration, but the problem is that and this is the point that Dorothy keeps making is that the scarecrow had nothing to do with it because he it, everything was there when they arrived he had nothing to do with it so the scarecrow is effectively a, uh, is um, an innocent victim in all this and nobody really knew that the that the emeralds came from the gnome king kind of thing right eventually the gnome king brings in everyone else and decides to start to strike a bargain with with Dorothy he says the Scarecrow is in my vault. He's in my knickknack collection. If you can find him, and if you can release him from his captivity as one of my trinkets, then I will let you take him and I will set you free. So everybody gets three guesses. So first in goes, uh, so in first goes um, uh, the Gump. He goes in, guesses wrong. Uh, all we see is just like a flash of light or whatever, right? The funny thing is, is that every time... So so the Gump goes in, guesses wrong, he gets transformed. And then Jack Pumpkinhead goes in, he gets his, he guesses it wrong, gets transformed. And then TikTok goes in. Uh, every time somebody guessed wrong and transforms into like one of the trinkets, we see the Gnome King slowly begin to form into a human because up until this point the gnome king was effectively just a face in the rocks now this is where it was really cool because the effect of the face of the faces of like the gnomes like in the rocks and the gnome king himself kind of like forming the rocks it's i'm pretty sure it's all like claymation it's all uh, like uh clay stop motion but it's done so so good it is so good. And then every time somebody uh, guesses wrong and he slowly begins to transform more and more into human, it's like more of him is coming out of the stone. And it's the whole transformation process is so, so good. It's so well done. And it's definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, this movie is actually really good. Like if 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 only for like the visual, is it spectacular? Because, like, even the puppetry of, like, Jack Pumpkinhead, who's – think of it as, like, as if Jack Skellington actually had a pumpkin for a head and he was actually that tall. The guy is, like, easily eight feet tall. And he was puppeted by none other than Brian Henson, which is, of course – who is, of course, Jim Henson's son. Uh, 
and does an amazing job. He operated the head. Uh, sorry, he Brian operated the head and voiced the character. Uh, Stuart Larang, Larang, Larange was the actual body performer. Uh, but some of the puppetry in this, like, like even for TikTok, was also very, very good. And the puppetry for Belina, who is a chicken, at, at in some moments is is just a puppet, but is also done super, super well. So again, visually, this movie is really, really good. Um, anyway, and so one of the gnomes comes to the king, and he's like, the 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 robot is just not moving. He stopped moving. He's not guessing. He's not saying anything. He stopped moving. And so uh, Dorothy thinks, oh, it must be because one of his gears has run out. Uh, because the way that he moves, and they established this earlier, he he takes three different gears to move. There's one that operates his brain to make him think, one that operates his mouth to make him speak, and one to operate his body to make him move. And so Dorothy is like, oh, shit. I th- or, or doesn't actually say, oh, shit. But she's basically like, oh, no, his movement gear must have run out or whatever. And so the Note King's like, you go ahead. Go ahead and see if you can help your friend, and then you can guess. And then if you guess right, then they'll let you free kind of thing, right? Um, so Dorothy goes in and finds this room full of just like stuff, right? There's stuff on tables, there's chairs and sofas and stuff. And so she walks up, she finds TikTok who is actually lying. And he's like, I have one guest left. And I, and I had the idea that if you were to come in, get me going, pretend to wind me up again. But if you, if I guess wrong and I transform, then you will be able to see what I transform into. And that will give you a hint as to what uh, what our friends have been transformed into. And it's a really, really clever idea. So Dorothy pretends to wind him up. He goes over to something. He, t- he touches it. And then he says, Oz, because that's the magic word to, to reanimate, the reanimate whatever's in there. He says, Oz, flash of lightning. He guessed wrong. But the problem is that we don't see what he changes into. That's it. We don't see what he becomes. And so now Dorothy is just left there. It's up to her. She has three guesses, three chances. She walks around. She guesses one thing. It's wrong. Guesses another. It's wrong. So ultimately, she's done her last guess. Uh, and then Mombi arrives. Mombi arrives at the cave because she's been chasing them. She arrives at the Gnome King's cave, and he's all like, he's almost human at this point. And he's like, blaming her and everything because like she let him out she let her out and everything and then it's like and then they mention ozma this character named ozma we're not sure who ozma is uh ozma isn't introduced until i believe the second book um and so they're like you didn't release her too did you or do you didn't let her go did you and mommy's like no, no no she's still trapped and everything so there's this talk about this character named ozma we don't know who this is we don't know who ozma is Anyway, but now he's just sitting there pretty, the Gnome King. He's like, I have Dorothy now, and everything will be fine. Now you, I am going to hold you captive, basically. So he basically turns his back on Mombi. And uh, so Dorothy closes her eyes and just starts walking. She starts walking. She's holding on her hands, and she bumps into some things, and she's, she's just kind of like feeling things out. She lands on a table. She picks up what looks like a dog, but the next to it is a giant or is a big diamond-shaped emerald. And she looks at the dog and then looks at the emerald and puts the dog down, picks up the emerald, holds it, closes her eyes, and says, Oz. 
And then boom, out comes the scarecrow. So now there's a big, there's a big reunion. Everybody's happy. Everybody's all whatever. And then it dawns on her. She's like, wait, wait, wait. You were transformed into something green. So maybe the people from Oz turn into something green. And so they run around. They find a couple other things that are colored green. They release the gump. They release Jack, uh, Jack Pumpkinhead. But it's at this point that the Gnome King realizes that, oh, shit, they figured it out. And so he, like, because he, he's regressing back into stone form. And so he goes back into stone. He goes, he, like, molds back into the stone. And he goes down to the actual, like, uh, the actual place where, where all the stuff is. Uh, and then he, like, breaks down the walls. The whole thing is coming down. And he erupts. He's, like, this big stone monster or whatever. And then Dorothy's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. But, like, you said that we could guess and then we could figure it out and we, you would let us go. He's basically, he's basically going back on his word at this point. So he, like, grabs the, the, the gump, the couch portion of the gump, starts pulling him. They, they pull the gump head off because he's, he's just, like, a mounted moose head. And he eats the couch. And then he, like, goes back to, like, try and, like, eat, like, Jack Pumpkinhead. But... Belina is sitting inside of Jack's head. Now, apparently, chickens are a problem because <laughs> apparently gnomes are allergic to eggs. Um, I don't know where this came from. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. This is a hell, this is a hell of a, a story device. And so while he's holding Jack over his mouth, Belina laid an egg out of fear. And the egg falls into the mouth of the Gnome King. And the Gnome King's like, don't you know? Gnomes are allergic to eggs. And then, like, drops Jack. And then, like, basically just explodes. He basically dies. All that's left is the ruby slippers. And so Dorothy goes, grabs the slippers, grabs all of her friends, and basically says, uh, like, makes a wish that, like, anybody who's from Oz returns to Oz, safely to Oz, and the Emerald City goes back to the way it was. Clears her heroes. Boom. Everybody vanishes. Everybody shows up on, like, this forest area, this, like, grassy area. Um, and then they realize that TikTok isn't there. But then they look over to the gump's head and on one of his antlers, and there's, like, a metal. There's a green metal. So they grab the metal. They say Oz, and boom, there's TikTok. So everybody's reunited. Mombi shows up back at the thing still in her cage because the Gnome King put her in a cage. And then they all go back to the Emerald City, and they see the Emerald City has been return to its full glory anybody who was turned to stone returns to stone uh the tin man is there the lion is there everybody's back everybody's happy everything is good and then they go back and they realize uh or they they try and plead for dorothy to become like the the queen of oz they want her to be there and to to live there forever but she's like i can't i need to return home i wish it could be in two places at once and then in the mirror we see that girl the girl that saved her from the hospital in the first place. And we find out that this girl is actually Ozma, who somehow sent a version of herself to Dorothy to help save her and bring her in because they needed her help. And so Ozma comes through the mirror. She's released from her prison. Uh, and she takes up the mantle of being the queen of Oz. Now, in looking up... Ozma, uh, find out that Ozma is supposed to be like uh, the long lost daughter of a king of Oz, who's also from like uh, 
uh, a long line of fairy folk. Uh, and she was held captive by Mombi uh, because she knew that Mombi would be able to, or she knew that Ozma would be able to take over and defeat Mombi and basically foil all the plans of everyone. Uh, it turns out also that Ozma is the one who man- who created Jack Pumpkinhead. So Jack is just like, Mom, and like freaks out. It's very funny. It's very cute. Uh, and yeah, and so the two of them become very good friends. Uh, Dorothy is sent back to Kansas, and then there's like a, they make a promise that anytime I, that Dorothy wants to return to Oz, she can. All she needs to do is ask. And yeah. Dorothy returns back to the human world, or not to the human world, but to our world, I guess, to the real world, quote unquote. She finds herself on like the banks of a river and turns out that everybody was out looking for her because apparently what had happened was when the lightning struck, uh, it set the hospital on fire and everybody got out, but the whole thing burnt down except for the doctor, the doctor who was going to perform the electro the electrotherapy because he ran inside to go and try and save his machine and he ended up dying. So they, everybody's happy to see that Dorothy is safe. She's safe. And then she's sitting there and then she's being held by Auntie M. And here comes this carriage taking Nurse Wilson, one of the nurses that, uh, that worked for the doctor in the hospital, away to prison. I'm not really sure why, but it's fine. But we kind of get the idea that Nurse Wilson looks a lot like Mombi. So this is another thing that was brought over from the original in that people who in the quote unquote real world also existed in Oz. So Nurse Wilson looks like Mombi and the doctor looks like the Gnome King. So the, the same actors played both characters. Very similar to how in the original, the, the actress who played uh, the Wicked Witch of the West uh, plays like the really mean woman with the bike kind of thing. Right. So there's there's that carryover as well. Now, yeah, and so they go back to the they go back to the farm. They they're rebuilding the farm, and Dorothy is in her room, and she looks in her mirror, and there she sees Ozma with Belina because Belina decided to stay. And yeah, and so they like, and that's kind of the end of it. Is that like we end with Dorothy knowing that what she saw is real, knowing she's not crazy. Uh, and knowing that she has another home to go to if ever she wants kind of thing. So it's very good. It's a very nice story. Uh, yeah. And that's it. It's, it's about two hours long, but honestly it didn't feel long. Like it didn't feel like it dragged. It was very, I thought it was, I thought it was well-written. I thought it was well-paced. I thought all the characters and actors did an amazing job. Visually, everything is great. It's really nice because, like, the characters the characters visually look different to how that we how we uh, remember them as from the from the MGM film, right? Like, the, the, the Cowardly Lion looks different. The Tin Man looks different. The Scarecrow looks different. They all look exactly like how they look on the cover art of the books. So if you look at the books, you'll see that, like, the Scarecrow has, like, this big round head, big eyes, big mouth or whatever – the lion is like an actual lion. He's on all fours. He's not just a human in like a lion suit kind of thing. Um, but everybody, like the designs of the characters that we know and love look exactly like how they should in the artwork of the books. And I think that is something very clever that they did. And I actually, actually kind of think that's cool. I like it when they, when they do things like that. 
Um, yeah. It's a great, it's surprisingly good movie. It's not nearly as, like, terrifying as I thought it was going to be. Because, of course, I was under the impression this was going to be, like, a spooky, spooky movie. Like, straight up, like, terrifying. But it wasn't that at all. And I think it was, I think it was a good successor. Um, and I think the dark over and undertones of the film work because of what's happened in Oz, because Oz has effectively been under siege, right? And so, yeah, tonally, I think the film works. I, I, I like how different it is from the original because I like that there is a difference. And yeah, I would say watch it. It was, it was wild to me to find out that this was an actual Disney title. <laughs> Just crazy. It's wild. But yeah, I give it like a seven or eight out of 10. It's a good movie. It's a good, good movie. It's very fun. So yeah, go for it. Watch it. It's not a musical either. I should point that out. It's not a musical, uh, but it didn't need to be. No, I was happy with it. It's good. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoy this, uh, this chat about it too. Uh, next week, we're going to finish off uh, with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in fucking forever. So we'll see how that goes. I'm excited for it. Uh, it is. Uh, and then after that, come July. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. July is when it happens. July is when it starts. I am officially calling this. I am promising this. July, we start the renaissance. July, we start with The Little Mermaid. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. It's going to be good. Okay. Until then, until next week, I'll talk to you all later. And I hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. Take care of yourselves. Drink your water. Eat your food. Take your meds. Get yourself some exercise. We're getting into the summer. So go ahead. Go outside. Go for a walk. Get some fresh air. Get some sunshine. Vitamin D is very important. And yeah, until then, talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 